Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Happening on the Hudson. I'm your host, Katie Ann Vaccarelli, and we're going to go over some fun and interesting news topics from the past week in the Hudson County area, as well as all of the upcoming events that you're not going to want to miss, and an exclusive interview this week with Anthony Packwood. He's a co-founder of the vodka brand Ovo. What makes Ovo so special is that they're on a mission to clean up the oceans and they're very environmentally conscious, but not only environmentally conscious, it is a premium vodka. You can get it in stores around Jersey City and Hoboken. You might see their ads on the PATH train and it's a super interesting interview. Check it out. As always, I'm recording from the Anglin Volkers podcast studio, and I can't wait to get to this week's topics. Okay, let's get to some news. So there's some pretty weird headlines in the news this week in the area, so... This one says a woman arrested outside of Hoboken City Hall for bird feeding dispute spits on cop. So a woman, her name was Tara Montefusco, 45 years old. She's from Jersey City. She was outside of Hoboken City Hall last week um, for a bird feeding dispute. So I don't know. It doesn't specify if she was feeding the birds and someone told her to stop or if someone else was and she got pissed off or something. But she struck a victim with a cane and then later was spitting on one of the police officers who was arresting her. So she was charged with possession of a weapon for unlawful purpose, unlawful possession of a weapon, aggravated assault and throwing bodily fluids. Um I can't say that I've ever heard of throwing bodily fluids before. I didn't realize that was a charge that you could make. But now we know and now you know that you can make a citizen's arrest next time someone's talking to you too closely and accidentally spits on your face. Or, you know, at least you can both get a good laugh out of it. You can tell them that you're calling the cops. Um <laughs> The more I do this, the more I realize that the people that write these articles are so vague, and I'm wondering why they're not getting more information about these stories. For example, this next story is a homeless man was charged with stealing more than $2,300 in merchandise from a Bayonne pharmacy. Immediately, I have so many questions. So in the article, it says that he was a 41-year-old homeless man. He was taken into custody 7.41 a.m. this past Friday in the area of 32nd Street for stealing $2,340.86 in items from the Walgreens at 699 Broadway. So they have that specific number down to the cent of what this man stole, but not what he stole. They even said in the article that they couldn't determine what items he was charged with stealing. So I'm like going rampant right now in my head wondering, one, who's working in the store? Are they asleep at the wheel? I mean, a homeless man comes in. We know that you can probably identify a homeless man from how he looks. So you'd probably be keeping an eye on someone like that. And then my other question is about the merchandise he stole. I really want to know because even when I go balls to the walls at CVS, when I really need to stock up on everything I need, I never even spend more than like 60, 100 at the most. And that's 
a lot. So what the hell was this guy stealing? Did he just grab, like, all the gift cards off the rack and, like, stick them in his pocket? But no, because they have to be activated at the front desk. So it couldn't be that. I mean, it was either, like, a hell of a lot of potato chips and expensive shampoos or they're selling laptops now at Walgreens and I wasn't aware. But, I mean, like... What the hell was this guy able to conceal for $2,340.86 that he was able to walk out of the store with? I have no idea. My bet would be that he walked in with a shopping cart and filled it to the brim and just walked out of the store and no one wanted to confront him. But I do not have the answers on this. And if I ever find out, I will be sure to let you guys know. So I hate to bring back the spotted lanternflies from last week, but I hate to tell you, it's probably going to come up a lot because it is a huge problem in the area, as you might have noticed this past summer. Um, basically, right now, what's going on is the New Jersey Department of Agriculture is urging everyone in the area to do what they can right now to destroy the egg sacs of these things. So... If you don't know much about spotted lanternflies, basically they're an invasive species that was brought from somewhere else, and they're saying that that's actually what the problem is because they're not from here. Their natural predator is not with them. So just to give you some facts about this bad boy, the spotted lanternfly has one life cycle per year, and they are all generally around the same life stage at the same time or transitioning into that same life stage at the same time. So right now, they're all adults and they're mating and egg laying, which is going to be a huge problem for us next summer. So imagine imagine this summer, but a hundred times worse. That's what they're trying to say to us right now. So the female spotted lanternfly will continue to lay egg masses until either the first frost or until December when they come to the end of their life cycle. So each egg mass contains between 30 and 50 eggs. So that's why they're saying right now is the greatest time of all, not only for the holidays, but to try to find egg masses, squish them, scrape them, and remove the egg masses to kill these and hopefully prevent another apocalyptic summer of spotted lanternflies. In learning more about these, I feel like I have a vested interest now because I didn't know this, but they wipe out vineyards, hops, and a lot of things that affect the wine industry, the beer industry. Now you have my attention. The wine industry and the beer industry is going to suffer from these? No, thank you. I'm just picturing like walking into the liquor store and like a tumbleweed goes by and um someone pops up from behind the desk and i'm like i'm looking for a cabernet and they're like those goddamn spotted lantern flies they took everything i cannot i can't and i think you shouldn't want this either so i'm gonna tell you right now what to look out for and hopefully we can make a difference and kill these eggs so spotting the egg masses can be tricky because they're only about an inch long, they're gray or they're sometimes brown in color, and can be found on a wide variety of surfaces. 
So they said in this article that finding them is probably the hardest part, but once you find them, removing them is generally pretty easy. So the egg masses can be scraped with a credit card or something similar, and they say it's important to press against the egg mass and hear the eggs popping because the popping sound signifies that the eggs are being destroyed. So, I mean, I'm going to do my best to explain what this looks like, but it, it just looks like um a dark brown or dark gray, like putty stuck to something. But I would urge you to Google what these things look like. Keep your eye out next time you're going for a walk or you're at the park. And we can all do our part to save the vineyards and our beer together. Okay, so this next story is going to connect a few different news stories in one. So I'm not sure if you're somebody who frequents a bike or you're a cyclist, but my boyfriend's a big cyclist and um, I've gone on bike rides with him and it's like terrifying in the past. You know, you're like riding in the middle of the road. There wasn't many bike lanes. So the good news and the good part of this article is that there's finally a new bike lane that connects 18th Street in Jersey City to Observer Highway in Hoboken. So to quote the article, it says, Jersey City and Hoboken are among the most unique and busiest transportation hubs in the country. And this new bikeway linking our two cities is the latest step in expanding Jersey City's growing network of protected bikeways to provide greater connectivity and safety for our residents and beyond. And that was a statement from Mayor Steve Fulop. So I'm looking at this article and I'm thinking like, there's no way that this hasn't been brought up over and over for decades. You know, as a resident here, these two towns are so close. You frequent them both quite often, no, no matter where you live. So I'm sure this has been a subject that's been brought up is what I'm trying to say. And then I find out that someone who is a big part of this is Hudson County Executive Tom DeGeis. Now, I'm sure that for some of you, that name is familiar. And that is because he is the father of Amy DeGeis, who, if you didn't listen to my last podcast, in a brief nutshell, is all over the news. She's a city councilwoman. She hit somebody at full speed who was riding a bike, and he flew over her car, knocked him straight out of his sandals, and she just kept driving and didn't call it in for six hours, you know? It's just the gift that keeps on giving because not only do we have endless jokes, Halloween decorations, Reddit threads dedicated to this woman and this accident that happened, but now we're getting protected bike lanes out of it. And I think that this is some damage control from daddy, but I'm not complaining because I didn't feel safe riding my bike, but now I'm excited to take advantage of this. And for those of you who do like to bike around, this is some great news. And let's all thank Amy DeGeis again. So my next guest on the podcast is one of my workmates, but more importantly, he is a co-founder of a new vodka brand called Ovo. You may have seen their ads on the PATH train or around town. You might have even seen one of their bottles on a shelf in a store near you. But he's here to tell us all about the vodka brand, how it started, and what they're doing to make a difference in the environment. So thank you, Anthony, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Katie. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. 
So let's just start off. Why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and where the initial thought came from to start your own liquor company? Uh, yeah. Um, so um, originally from Liverpool in England, uh, moved over to the States after grad school in 2016, um, worked in a number of fields and landed in real estate. And then um, the gentleman that I went to grad school with, um, we kind of always had this idea uh, for doing an alcohol brand when we were doing our MBAs. My thesis was on like uh, long-term customer value mm. of um, within the drinks industry. And his was the rebranding of Bacardi. So I was like, listen, put these two ideas together and we could be onto something. And then we just kind of went back and forth with it. And then we went to one Christmas in July party at Grand Bin in Hoboken. And we met a gentleman that I'd met through real estate, JD, who uh, is the one of the co-founders of Misunderstood Whiskey, which is another Jersey City founded mm-hmm. um, alcohol brand. Um, and we were kind of just picking his brain, a few drinks. We're like, right, sod it, we're doing it. And then that was 2019. And we just, again, like conversation. Um, and then in 2020, when the pandemic hit and we're all locked inside and John had his own company doing... Um, design i was had my own uh, business doing real estate and obviously those things you know were quieter um Mm -hmm. and our whole idea was about doing this like cause conscious brand something that people can kind of customers can kind of create a a higher level of buy-in with something that you can kind of do a deeper connection with the customer other than just taste and flavor profile and then while we were all locked inside i don't know if you remember um one of the few benefits to come from that horrible experience was that the um, wildlife starts to return to the seas, uh, forests, uh, the ocean starts to get cleaner due to the fact that we weren't allowed to be out and about causing mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're like, right, cool. This is something that we can see can be impacted by positive change. So then we started yeah. going down the rabbit hole of working out a charity partner to go with them after numerous conversations the charity that we landed on was Clear Blue Sea. Um, they're based in San Diego, and they have this software called Fred. And basically, Fred is a Roomba for cleaning the top of the oceans. So it's automated, more controlled, and has a really, really, um, for its time in the water, has been very impactful for how much plastic it takes out the ocean. So yeah. once we had our partnership, it was about just getting the juice, we landed on Volker because we wanted to make it accessible to everyone. We didn't want it to be something um, that, uh, you know, was too specific a flavor or a genre. Yeah, um, that's what but, I was going to ask. Why vodka? Why not like a whiskey <laughs> or something like that? Yeah, um, it's it's very... Um, we, we, we kicked the tires on a bunch of stuff. We really did. And then we kind of thought, not only with the, the brand and then the cause conscious um, mission statements, but also... You know, vodka is always seen as a base. It's always like mm-hmm. you have vodka and something else, vodka and this. Where vodka, in its own right, has its own flavor profile. It's quite a clean, crisp. Yeah, and taste. I think I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize that they think all vodka yeah. is the same, but it's not. So, yeah. I know you told me a little bit about it before, but can you explain a little bit about what the process was like in doing your taste testing and just kind of getting the actual product created? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem at all. So obviously we've never made vodka, liquor, anything of that nature before. So we did our own like kind of desk research on what that entails. Mm-hmm. But you have to really taste it and and um, 
look at the different levels of it to get that level of education. So, for example, what does the difference between a four-times distilled vodka and a six-times distilled vodka, what is the difference between corn-based or potato-based um, and all those things. And and because we were focused on making this more of a sipping vodka, something that you didn't have to overcomplicate, something that you'd have quite clean mm-hmm. um, flavor profile with, corn was um, came out to be something that gave us the smoothest flavor profile. And then it was like, all right, cool. Well, what corn? You know, where is the best corn made in the country? So then you go down that rabbit hole, and it's in Kentucky. And so, right, we, we found a place to source our product from there. And then, um, how many times we want distilled? We landed on six times distilled, so we were defined as ultra premium with that level of distillate. Uh, we did a carbon filter just to make it that little extra smoothness to take as much burn out as possible mm-hmm. and then um we were like right we don't want it to be a flavor vodka uh but we do want it to be we, we what can we add in to take away any burn whatsoever when people have chills room temperature and um like for example ciroc is infused with grape it's not a great flavored vodka but it's got a great base to make it as smooth as it can be That's um and so we were like right we, we went through I can't even tell you how many the the, the distiller that we started working with is it in Jacksonville. How tipsy did you get during all these tastings? <laughs> hammered, like hammered, like to the point where we were like we had to like have a safe word when it became unconstructive because like well can you taste anything? And I'm like I haven't tasted anything for an hour. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but the distiller we chose was in Jacksonville because they allowed us to control the whole supply chain. They allowed us to bring our own products. A lot of distillers yeah. that are kind of. Um, white label have their own ingredients and you just kind of you know mess around with the volumes so these guys in jacksonville allowed us to bring on our own stuff and control the whole process so you actually uh, so went were, down to jacksonville and did this in person uh originally no so when we were we started off this process we were doing the research and what distillery wanted to work with spoke to the gentleman down there and then um we just got the ball rolling long distance obviously you know 2020 travel and all that was limited regardless mm-hmm. so he would just send us these little brown bottles with dip, like, like six times still four times still he sent us something with salt water in something with um peach in something with one had citric acid i don't know there's so many different things yeah. and then we landed on rose water and so we didn't want it to smell like rose water i didn't want to taste like rose water i didn't want to have any like floral flavor mm-hmm. but we did think that if we layer this down that you can have a little bit in and that's what our kind of like, without being cheesy, secret ingredient is to make it as smooth as it is because we found that a little bit of rose water in the formula does make it smooth. So, yeah, that was it really. Then awesome. we trademarked it to make sure that the um, rest wasn't out there and um, got our first uh, like test bottles landed in just before Christmas 2020. So how long was the actual process from start to finish when you actually had the bottle in your hand? Yeah, so from like idea 2019 to like really moving on it in 2020, um, I reckon eight to eight to nine, ten months. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of litigation with that stuff as well. You've got to make sure your brand's trademarked. And our first name was Ripple, and then Ripple Vodka, and then we got a cease and desist from someone out of Delaware. Oh no! And then so we had to do that, and that that sucked. I'd say that was the most painful part of the process because you had to kind of like, you know start again yeah what's your favorite part of the process been so far um the taste test right (laughs) 
Yeah, they were good. I think just watching it become a thing, you know, like like yeah. all of a sudden, like you be able to buy it in a store. That was cool. Um, uh, it's exciting the, to see it on the store. I was I saw it on the path train the other day, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god! So, um, the other question I wanted to ask to explain, I know the meaning behind the name, but can you mm. explain the meaning behind Ovo? Because I know it's really, um, you know, synonymous with the whole with the brand, yeah. brand. Yeah. Yeah. So when when the Ripple thing um, went down the gutter, uh, we were like, we wanted to make sure, so we tried all these mad names like. Hawaiian for goddess of the sea and all this stuff and just not really fit and then Ovo um, Waking with a gentleman Senses that one. I didn't love it at first like just the name I, I like standing alone and then we came with it our five as in Roman numeral five oceans And as soon as I heard that I was like, yeah, I'm in love um, So yeah. exactly when someone goes to purchase one of the bottles what mm what are they doing for the environment exactly so from like just a transactional purpose we make a donation of i think it's two dollars and 16 cents um to our charity partner for every bottle that we sell which we send across quarterly in a check which is awesome we've gone out to meet these people we've given the check in person they are salt of the earth they really are um and so it is it's not something that we just like have a little pop um um a bit of a mark and expend or a little pot of gold that we go out and send to them every now and again. Mm -hmm. It's literally every bottle we sell is directly attributed to a donation. And then based on the time that donation allows their software to be in the ocean is the equivalent of taking 18 plastic bottles out of the ocean based on the volume of plastic that time that the software can pick up. That's so, amazing. Uh, it's we tried to and, and like people say oh it's a cool strap line I'm like yeah it's cool but like for you to put this on your bottle the fed tear you to pieces they want to see proof they want to see understandably so right you can't just put something on a bottle put it on the shelf and go yeah cool yeah so of course we've we, we do have the numbers the metrics all that good stuff to back all this up so yeah we want that was really important to us like the authenticity of the brand is everything if we're going to stick around for a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. so where do you see the company in five years Great question. Um, at the moment, we self-distribute. Um, we're available in um, on-site in New York and New Jersey. Uh, we're available online in 45 states to be purchased. Um, so where would I want to be in five years? Uh, just continue to make this little footprint that we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, like growing and changing the kind of dialogue within the alcohol industry. Um, the alcohol industry is one of the biggest, and like food, beverage, hospitality, biggest contributors to the plastic crisis where we're trying to try and break that cycle. Yeah. So we, we do those monthly cleanups. We don't do them because it looks good on social media. We do it because it's really cool and it's, it creates that extra buy-in that we talked about at the start where, you know, people will like hopefully buy us because they like the flavor profile, but also because they align with the brand and what we're doing and seeing us actively on the streets is massive so when we are doing that we want to grow accordingly um so in the city just launched in the city five weeks ago we, we haven't due to weather had the chance to go ahead with one of the cleanups but as soon as we're permitted to we will be doing cleanups in the city we do them in new jersey in hoboken and jersey city um so yeah as we continue to grow we want to grow along with the impact that we're making um keep disrupting um, the industry doing some good. I love and, that um, because you start yeah. to think about what if every big brand was to do what you're doing, what a difference in the world it would actually make. So mm. it's a great thing that you started. Um, 
not that I want you to talk shit about any big brands, but <laughs> what would you have to say to people that are creatures of habit and they love to have vodka in the house, but they run to the store and they grab Tito's or Grey Goose or Belvedere or something like that? Why should they make the switch to Ovo? I, I, great question. People ask us this a lot and it's like, you know, what I'd say is that we didn't just get a, a nice cause conscious idea and, and fill it with some crap vodka. It's good stuff. But I can't say the amount of hours we'd be on the streets going to people, here's your blind taste test, here's Tito's, he's over, which one's like better, blah, blah, blah. And, and making sure that we, we did have a smoother uh, flavor profile than our competitors. So I would say, give us a try. Right? I don't want to guilt anybody into taking us for the sake of doing it because they're yeah. like, oh my God, this one is. But like, give us a try and all of a sudden you don't know. You could be trying something that is smoother, that has got a, a, a better flavor profile. And at the same time, when you woke up, wake up after getting a taste and enjoying it a little bit too much in a healthy environment, um, you know you've done some good. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's all I say to everyone. I say, give us a shot. Literally, like, take a shot of us. Give us a shot. Taste us. Have it. Don't have to overcomplicate it. When we go to these tasting events, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, straight vodka. I'm like, well, have you tried vodka this smooth? Um, <laughs> it's, the smoothest, it's the smoothest vodka on the planet that helps save the planet. I can uh, say then... that I've had quite a few <laughs> bottles of it, and I drink it straight with, like, a pinch of lime juice in it. And it's Lemon, yes, fantastic. Lastly, why don't you just yeah. tell everyone where they could find you on like social media and where they can actually go pick up your bottle in a store around here? Yeah, um, so we're lucky enough to be working with 81 uh, venues and retailers across uh, New Jersey and New York. Our uh, available cost uh, on Drizzly to get delivered to your door. If you go to um, uh, www.ovo.vodka, uh, we have a site map where you can see all the locations nearby for cocktails, pick up a bottle. Uh, or uh, ovo.vodka slash store and um, you'll be able to get it delivered to your door in 45 states uh, at ovovodka on Instagram and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really no worries, appreciate it. Time. I appreciate it. Of course. Okay, have a good one. Cheers. Bye. I'd like to just take a moment to play an ad from our non-existent partners. Have you heard of Hinge, the dating app that was designed to be deleted, but you've had no success? Are you tired of meeting asshole after asshole? Are you exhausted from explaining your mundane job that you hate date after date? Perhaps you're just too emotionally scarred to put yourself out there anymore. Well, now introducing Binge, the app designed not to be deleted, but exactly what you needed. Binge allows you to find a partner to go out with and drink so hard that you forget all your problems. No small talk needed here. Wake up next to a complete stranger and forget how horrible your conversation was the night before. Binge. We don't care who you are or what you do for work, just how many shots you can take in a night before blacking out. Binge. Allows you to release your inhibitions and everything you morally stand for. No need to dress up for this meetup since you're guaranteed to look like shit after three hours of binging. I used to meet people on Hinge and it would really mess with my self-esteem, but on Binge, I don't need to worry because I'm too busy getting trashed with Ray49 from Boys Idaho to even spell self-esteem. Thanks, Binge. Are you a spy? 
the disgraced son of a royal family, a homeless person, who gives a shit? With binge, people can be whatever they want and you literally won't care at all. Binge, the app that was uh. designed for... What the fuck was I doing again? Can I get a refill? So for this next segment, it's going to be Would You Rather Hudson County Edition. I'm going to call up some of my friends, my boyfriend, you know, just a few people that live in the area and are going to get these questions. And I'm going to ask them the hard-hitting stuff. Would you rather? I just wanted to give everybody a heads up that in this next section I say Takiera and not Takaria, and I am aware and I just want to apologize in advance so i'm calling you because i'm gonna do this new segment called would you rather hudson county edition are you ready we're gonna do six would you rathers you're gonna answer them honestly um let me know when i I can go (laughs) yes i'm ready let's do it okay i'm gonna lube you up and start you off with something easy would you rather (laughs) only eat tony baloney's for the rest of your life or takiera tony baloney's tony baloney's okay Next, would you rather run a 5K or get stuck in deadlock traffic for the entirety of the race trying to escape the 5K? Run the 5K. <laughs> would you rather be spit on by a crazy lady or hit with her cane? Hmm. Well, you can get pretty sick from getting spit on, and I feel like an old lady wouldn't have too much power behind the cane hit, so I think I'd take the cane hit. She's 45 years old, so you don't know. She That's can be brawling. not an old lady. Um, You're right. I'm so sorry to anyone who's in their 40s. That's <laughs> like not even 15 years older. That's 12 years older than me. <laughs> I said crazy lady, uh, not old lady. Oh, what, fair whatever. Enough, fair enough. Uh, I still think I'd rather get hit with the cane. Okay, sure. Okay, next. Would you rather be stuck on the PATH train platform with 150 people Every day for the next two weeks straight for 30 minutes on a hot summer's day. Or be trapped on the light rail. (laughs) I'm not done. Or be trapped on the light rail with a homeless person who just pooped their pants for the next three hours. Well, one's over in three hours. One is every day. Plus, the light rail is above ground. I feel like you could potentially force the door eventually. (laughs) I'll take the light rail. Okay. All right. You're going with the poo-poo pants. Got it. The poo-poo, poo-poo train. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather only go out to the Ashford for the rest of your life or clean up the napkins at the end of the night on the floor of Green Rock every weekend for the next five years? Is death an option? <laughs> um, God, that's, that's really hard. I, <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, I think I choose C, suicide. Okay. You have to choose. Don't you know how to play Would You fine, Rather? Fine, fine, I'd rather hang out at the Ashford. Yeah, at least you can relax. Sort yeah. Okay, oh. and then the last one. It's a bit of a trickster. So are you ready for it? Mm. Okay. Would you rather never drive again and only bike around, but every driver is Amy DeGeist? <laughs> <laughs> or you get to keep it. <laughs> I'm just picturing like going back and forth from like car to car. Just getting smacked around. <laughs> 
or you keep driving, but there's always grueling traffic and you have to give driving lessons to Amy to guys. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I feel like one's annoying and one is potentially life-altering or deadly, so <laughs> I'd probably go with uh, teaching to G's to drive. Okay, okay. Um, while stuck in traffic. Okay. Thanks for playing Would You Rather. Have a great <laughs> no day. Bye. See you later. Bye. So you wanted to be on the podcast, right? Yeah. Okay, well, now's your chance. You're on my podcast right now. Wait, right this fucking second? <laughs> yes. The whole thing is I'm doing a segment right now. It's called Would You Rather Hudson County Edition. So I'm going to fire at you six Would You Rathers, and you have to tell me which one you would rather. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather only eat Tony Bologna's for the rest of your life or Takiera? Uh, Takiera. Okay. <laughs> okay. Would you rather run a 5K or get stuck in deadlock traffic for the entirety of the 5K? Uh, traffic. <laughs> Would you rather be spit on by a 45 year old crazy lady or hit with her cane? Hit with her cane. <laughs> That is what oh, Mike God. said, and I'm like, what if she hit you in the head or the face? She can't be that strong. I mean, I would fight back, probably. I don't know. <laughs> okay. She can be with her king. Spit on it. It's like, like no, germs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather be stuck on the PATH train platform with 150 people every day on a hot summer's day for 30 minutes straight for two weeks, or... Be trapped on the light rail with a homeless person who just pooped their pants for three hours. Uh, path station. Nice. Sure. <laughs> not, not the poop pants. I can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> okay. Would you rather only go to the Ashford for the rest of your life? <laughs> Or clean up the napkins at the end of the night on the floor of Green Rock every weekend for the next year. Napkins at Green Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. E really? Even if it meant like you couldn't have plans for the week? I mean, I guess you could go uh, out before. For the rest of my life? Absolutely not. Like, I mean, it does have three levels. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for the rest of your life? No, one year of napkin picking up is good enough. <laughs> yeah. I gave um, Mike the same one, but I said three years, and he said at Ashford, and I was really surprised by that. Three, I mean, well, three years versus one years is a lot with picking up those disgusting napkins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And God knows what else. Anyway, your last <laughs> and final would you rather for this week. Would you rather never drive again and only bike around the city, but every driver is Amy DeGeist? Or keep driving, but there's always grueling traffic and you have to give driving lessons to Amy DeGeist? <laughs> Um, only drive around everyone else on the street is Amy DeGeist or the other option was what? Sorry, those were long. <laughs> I know. Would you, okay, so one is that you would never drive again. So you only right. get around never by drive. bicycle, 
but every but driver. But lady that hits people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you get to keep driving, but you're always driving in traffic, and you have to also give her lessons. Driving I would do lessons. the driving, always with traffic. Oh, my God. I would... This is going to be probably an unpopular opinion, but I would bike around, one, because it's better exercise, two, if she hits True. me, like, I'm getting a fat lawsuit, so... That's, like, not guaranteed, though. She hasn't even <laughs> admitted that she did it, even though it's, like, on camera. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, I don't know if she, like, you're not getting a fat lawsuit. I don't know if that guy is that hit or that uh, she hit, but... Well, if you listen yeah. to my podcast this week... You'll find out that they just opened up protected bike lanes in Jersey City, courtesy mm-hmm. of her daddy. So, I mean, it's pretty safe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, listen I, to I the pod. It, but... you'll, you'll, yeah. learn, you'll learn something new every week. Anyway, that is all. So let's go over the events happening this upcoming weekend. Um, I just wanted to take a moment really quick to mention that next week, because of the holiday, I will be releasing an episode, but I'll pick it up the week after. So I'm going to just run through some events going on in case you're, you know, home this weekend before you're heading out to family next weekend. You have nothing going on. Uh, There's quite a few fun events. So let's get to it. So this Thursday, November 17th, the Downtown Art Crawl is returning for a second time to Jersey City. So it brings together art lovers for another evening of open studios, art exhibitions, and food and drink from 5 to 9 p.m. This event will include an evening that highlights the local art scene in downtown Jersey City. This exhibit will feature over 20 open artist studios, as well as a reception for the Kind of Blue exhibit at Art 150 Gallery as well. And if you're looking for the elevator that's located at 135 Erie Street in Jersey City, here there will be three floors of artwork and music as well as a fourth floor lounge with drinks and food. So Friday, November 18th, there's a dance party at Mulligan's Pub in Hoboken. Saturday, November 19th, there's the Laugh Tour Comedy Club at Dorian's in Jersey City that starts at 6.30 p.m. On Sunday, November 20th, there's a board game night at Dullboy on Grove Street in Jersey City. That starts at 6 and it ends at 8. There's an open mic night on November 18th from 6 to 10 p.m. And that's in Union City at the BKLYN Blue Cafe and Creative Lounge. On Saturday, November 19th at 6 p.m., there is the Far Live at 902 Brewing Company in downtown Jersey City. One of my personal favorite events is the Liberty Science Center After Dark. They always do it the third Thursday of the month. I'm not sure if that's different because the holiday this year, but anywho, this Thursday, it says also Friday that they're doing the Liberty Science Center After Dark. It's really fun. It's only for adults. You get to go and have cocktails and get local food and just kind of roam the museum and feel like a kid again. It's a really great time. In North Bergen on Thursday the 17th, there's the Craftsman Fall Classic Art and Craft Festival. If you can't make it Thursday, don't worry because it's also Friday and also Saturday. Perhaps you are single and ready to mingle. Well, don't worry because... 
on November 19th, thelovemaze.com is hosting a singles meet and match in ice cream at the Newport Center. It's from 1 to 3 p.m. And they wrote, don't let your ice cream melt while you are counting somebody else's sprinkles. True love is like vanilla ice cream. There may come many eclectic flavors, but there shall only be one classic. That's so cute. You can read more about that on Meetup. On Sunday, November 20th at 5 p.m., there's a 2022 walkathon and lunch overlooking the Statue of Liberty. So this Saturday and Sunday, the 19th and the 20th, they have an event called It's a Scavenger Hunt in Jersey City. So it's a traditional scavenger hunt with modern twists. All you will need to know and have is that you just need a mobile device and a data connection. Young and old individuals or families are welcome. This is held from 10 to 8 p.m. at the Newport Mall. Your girl loves a scavenger hunt. I might have to check this one out. Perhaps you're someone who's afraid of speaking publicly. Well, you're in luck because you can speak publicly in front of a lot of strangers on Saturday, November 19th at 10 a.m. to Join an event called Conquer Your Fear of Public Speaking. If this is something that you're interested in, it's on allevents.in for more information. If you want to do something else productive and you're looking for a job on November 18th, Friday from 11 to 2, there's an entry-level Jersey City virtual job fair. If you want to find out more about this, you can just type in virtualjobfairs.com. On Saturday, November 19th, There's a Notre Dame football game being played at Mad Hatter in Hoboken. Ladies, watch your drinks for this event. It starts at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday and ends at 5.30 p.m. I'm sorry about that. Not sorry, actually. Ooh, perfect segue into um, $5 drinks all night long at Mad Hatter. That's on Sunday, November 20th. $5 drinks all night long. That's a pretty crazy deal. And again, watch your drinks, ladies. And then, as always, Mad Hatter's also doing a NFL Sunday fun day this Sunday, the 20th. Damn, those floors are going to be sticky after that weekend of events. Have you ever been in the city and you were like, I just want to go for a hike right now in the city? Well, now you can because Saturday, November 19th, they're doing a fall inner city hike from Hoboken to Liberty State Park. I wouldn't really call it a hike as much as just a long walk, but hey, if you just want to get moving and enjoy being outside in the 40 degree weather, check this out. It starts at 10 a.m. at the Path Station in Hoboken, and that'll go through Liberty State Park on Saturday at 10 a.m. Also on Sunday, November 20th, there's a pop-up park picnic for a couple date night. It's self-guided. It's in the West New York area. That's going to be from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. So it says that you can watch the sunset with fun digital activities over a picnic. I don't know much about this, but I would assume that the sunset is not at 7 a.m. I don't know if they mean sunrise, but that wouldn't make sense either. 2 p.m., the sun isn't setting, so... I don't know. It says uh, five love languages. Yikes. Oh my god. I'm just imagining all the women dragging their boyfriends there to like listen to the five love languages being explained on their phone at 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday after being at Mad Hatter all night for those $5 drinks. I don't know. Sometimes I just paint a perfect picture in my head, but... 
If you want to know more about this interesting event, it's on allevents.in as well. Thank you for everybody who listened to this podcast. I can't wait to keep it going and learning as I go. I really want this podcast to be for you, the Hudson County residents, somewhere to get some news, somewhere to get some laughs. I have so many ideas for interviews and fun segments. We're going to get back to going down the Reddit hole, and I'm just so thankful for you to be a part of the beginning of this journey for me. I hope everyone has an amazing Thanksgiving next week with their families, and I will see you the week after. Bye.